Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Get up to 30% off wedding jewelry at bluenile.com. And remember the joy of your wedding day forever. Blue Nile offers everything from diamond and lab-grown diamond wedding bands to classic pearls, earrings you can design yourself, even gorgeous sapphire pieces for your something blue. Whatever you choose, Blue Nile's pieces are all graded for excellence, for a lasting memento as brilliant as the love that inspired it. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. The following big interview was posted in full for our socios, our members, our friends, our supporters at patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter. And that was last season, 2019-20. Sign up there and you'll get every interview we produce before it's released on the main feed, plus the chance to put questions to our guests and to me via the monthly Q&A. You'll also get bonus content every month, including the audio versions of my regular columns for ESPN. And what's more, you'll be supporting us. You'll be keeping this independent podcast on the road. Thank you. There'll be cynics amongst you who think that the brilliant Eniola Aluko, title winner in Italy, is only on the big interview because her brilliant brother, Sonny Aluko, Played for the Mighty Dandies and scored in a 2-2 draw with Bayern Munich. No. No. I can't even attest that Aberdeen gets mentioned at all. Okay, it comes up a couple of times. But the reason that Eni and I met at Juventus training ground, Lenovo, just outside Turin, and talked about life in that city and work at this monumental institution of a football club is that after a hugely successful career winning just about everything that there is to win, she decided on another challenge in Serie A, women's Serie A, where Juve are not but a two-year-old club. She arrives, she helps make them champions again, but now she gives to us a brilliant perspective on the impact of and stories behind the 2019 World Cup. You're right, she was broadcasting it, not playing in it. Any Aluko, double winner in Italy and England for Chelsea, lawyer, pioneer, brilliant analyst, She's a perfect fit for the big interview. It's not often that we record the big interview abroad, but that's not the reason for my excitement today, nor is the fact that we're speaking to the sister of an Aberdeen legend. (laughs) But that is true. No, we're with... Enia Luko, who is, well, amongst many other things, newly champion of Italy. And I adore sportsmen and women who take risks, particularly cultural risks, and then go and succeed. So, any one, thank you for receiving me in our gypsy band here. Of course. Here in the Ventus Training Centre. Bentonati. Um, Bentonati, no. Benvenuti. Benvenuti, excuse me. Molto grazie. <laughs> now, listen, before we even start the interview, I, I, I had to laugh when we were communicating via Twitter because... 
I can't speak Italian, but I hear phrases and I wrote them down phonetically. And your answer came back absolutely in beautiful Italian. I went, <laughs> okay, there's a learning lesson for me already. We might be here to talk about your book, They Don't Teach This, but you taught me already how to improve my Italian. How is your Italian? And don't be modest. It's okay. It's okay. I think after one year, um, it's taken time. Um, but I can, the way I judge it is how I can operate in sort of everyday situations with the coach or with the teammates or in a taxi or in a restaurant. I think I'm very comfortable in, in all of those situations now. Whereas when I first arrived the first six months, I was so, sometimes afraid to, to sort of speak to the taxi driver in case he, you know, I didn't understand or I didn't understand everything the coach was saying. Now I feel pretty much comfortable with everything the coach is saying, with communicating with my teammates, um, with ordering at a restaurant. So I feel good, but there's still a lot, a lot, a lot to learn because I've, I've, I've got to still think before, you know, I still make mistakes like, like just a minute ago when I said bentonati rather than benvenuti. I know what I want to say, but sometimes... Bentonati was welcome. Bentonati is welcome Happy returns, yeah. In that case, you've twice now already (laughs) struck on something that I think is gold because in the book you explain how um, with your Nigerian heritage and you consider there's a hyphen, Mm. British Nigerian, occasionally you must feel Nigerian British, but there's a moment where you quickly pick up um, the language that uh, your parents are speaking and you're extremely sharp at understanding and teaching yourself before you've even been probably taught anything at primary yeah, school or, yeah. and therefore you, you seem to have a linguistic ability but you said um, at the beginning I was a bit afraid when you're brought up in Britain what I understand is that most people are taught to be afraid of, of trying something in a yeah, foreign language no, we're taught to be embarrassed for, for no good reason mm-hmm. whatsoever but did you have to conquer that at all? Well um that's a really great point because I think actually when you travel um, around the world, which I love to do, you find that people are much, much more uh, advanced in their knowledge of other languages. So, for example, people are much are better at speaking English than English, you know, British kids are at speaking other languages. Um, so I just think it's a cultural thing, really, that you know we take for granted the fact that we can speak English. And when I was younger. I mean, there's two levels to it. The surface level is that no one around me was speaking uh, any other language apart from Brummie. Um, <laughs> and I just, you know, I wanted to fit in. And so I wasn't interested in being different. Mm-hmm. Um, but behind closed doors, obviously I'd hear my mom speaking to her, my relatives or to my dad. or um, And I was curious to what she was saying. So I was trying to pick up um, what she was saying and eventually just understood but that's not to say that I was actually that engaged in wanting to understand the Yoruba language at all I just wanted to understand what my mom was saying <laughs> so it was almost accidental in a way um, and now actually now I've started learning a language a new language um, I think it's much harder when you get older I think it's much more important to I do it when you're younger it is, yeah. but um, there are enough, there's, a, there's a quickness to me learning certain things because Yoruba and Italian are quite, are quite similar phonetically in the, the O's and A's and it's, okay. it's very expressive. And so that's just, 
it isn't identical, but it's a useful bridge to yeah. retention or yes. ease of pronunciation, for yes. example. Yes, exactly. Well, okay, that's only a small part of the rainbow experience that is living abroad. And living abroad is very good if you if you win the title and you're successful. <laughs> yes. Thank God it went that way. But I, I, looking now back at the decision you made about, I presume, leaving or parking aside your flourishing law career to come here to play at Juventus in a relatively new, not franchise, but team, although an historic club, second year of Juventus. You looked at presumably uh, language, temperature, food, culture, as well as football. Between what you were weighing up then, looking at the adventure and saying yes and sacrificing things, to where you are now, how has it gone? Well, I, I honestly feel like I couldn't lose in making the decision. You can only gain both good and bad um, from stepping out of your comfort zone. And I was very much in a comfort zone at Chelsea. Um, you know, after six years, won you know, everything there was to win, probably aside from the Champions League. You know, was well loved by the fans, have friends there who are teammates, but I wasn't playing and I was just going through the motions. Mm-hmm. Um, on Chelsea's side, I'm not sure whether they wanted to offer me a new contract or not. We never really got that far. So it was a bit of a limbo situation. And I was like, well, you know, what can I do next that's going to inspire me, that's going to bring out the best in me again, that's going to make me develop, that's going to make me just wake up every day excited? Mm. And I think the only option at that point, it certainly wasn't moving to another club in, in England, it was moving abroad. I'd already had a taster of it in America, but the American experience, aside from the fact that I grew a lot as a football player, was so um, unstable because of the trading, the trade process. You have no control whatsoever over your own destiny. So I I didn't like that side of it. So I had a lot more control this time of saying, okay, I want to go somewhere where I'm going to grow and I'm going to play and I'm going to explore and... And I love travelling anyway. I'm quite a curious traveller anyway. So coming to Italy was 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 only going to be a win-win in terms of the decision. And then when I got here, um, obviously you have difficult days, you know, where you don't understand what anyone's saying. Um, in training, a lot of the time, you know, I've, I've said it many times that the coach Rita is for me, the best technical coach I've had in my career. Extremely technical. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of the drills, I was like, oh, what's going on? Where do I move? What do I... So I was was the one that was failing in a lot of the drills. And no one wants to be that player that people are looking at going, oh, you know, the international player. So there was difficult moments, you know, in training, on the pitch and off the pitch. But again, it was all just bringing out my... The, the qualities that I needed to grow, like concentration and, you know, listening and understanding a new language. You know, I like to talk, but actually I had to learn how to listen again. And so I can only say it's just a positive. You, you know. like being challenged. That comes out. Like some of the challenges in your yeah. life that, have, that you haven't sought, they've been landed <laughs> on you. Yeah. Uh, but it seems to have been a life of pretty constant uh, challenge. And when, yeah. you, when you reach out for a decision you almost always go, yeah, I can do that, or I'll take that on, or yeah. ne- I never damn the consequences, because you often fall back in your, your faith, which is deep and it's yeah. really important to you. I've either heard you saying or read 
you talking about, there's also a slightly different culture about what doing it right is or what acceptable is. Yeah, uh, yeah. The level of how much is demanded of the success rate or application in these drills. Yeah, again, I think Rita Galina, she is particularly specific on technical drills. So, for example, she will say, I want you to touch the ball with, your, with the outside of your big toe, which sounds a little bit pedantic, mm-hmm. but that's an actual, that actually moves the ball in a certain way as opposed to just touching it with the... There's a purpose. There's a purpose to it. So you could probably get away with not doing it that specifically right, but she will stop you in a session Mm. and say, no, this is what it is, and show you how to do it perfectly. Mm. So it's that level of specificity and demand that I think I needed to grow, even at 31. Can I ask, without being rude, the first time she stopped you and corrected you, whatever, was there a, with your level of experience and yeah. success, was there a level of, yeah, I know how to play? That's a really great question because I think that, that I think that was a decision too, like for me, in terms of saying, okay, I've won everything there is to win at one of the big, biggest clubs at, at, at Chelsea in Europe. I could have come to Juventus and said, oh, I've done it. No. <laughs> But actually, I made a conscious decision to be really humble about that and just be like, if I don't know it, I don't know it. And ask questions and speak to the coach about what she feels I can do and learn. And so I never felt like when I was stopped in a session, like, oh, ego, you know. And that can happen. We, it can we happen. both know male game, female game. Yeah. And almost football or sports people kind of need that a version of that ego to survive, to thrive, but you also have to have it in check and you also have to open your ears and say, I'm being taught here. But not yeah, everybody takes well to it, and I, that's a fact. Yeah, and I think I think I spotted early on that it's it's pretty fair. I mean, it's not, it's, yeah. it's not kind of, oh, I'm only going to coach any because if you're doing it wrong, you're doing it wrong, and she will stop you. And so, you know, I always saw it as just trying to develop me and help me. No one's the finished product. I think even if you go over to Continasso and see Ronaldo, you know, he, he'll be still working on his craft. So who the, who the hell am I to be like, oh, you know? So I enjoyed that side of it, actually. I, and I still enjoy that side of it, of the coach saying, maybe do this, or maybe, particularly in an environment I've never been in before. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Talking about environments, um, I suppose one of the thrilling things about Serie A for your team is that albeit your champion you were challenged you mm. found Milan a topsy-turvy battle yeah, a yeah, defeat yeah. in a but my my attention goes on I know the feeling between generally historically between Juve and Fiorentina mm-hmm. it's just a fluke that Fiorentina have a wonderful Scottish player playing for them <laughs> and sadly as a Scot I have to admit that you got the better of Fiorentina but apart from helping you win the double keeping them at bay in, in the Scudetto you had big crowds as well emblematic of your first year in Italy in football terms that Juve Fiorentina thing must be quite special yeah I mean I, I, I obviously know about rivalries you know we had it with Arsenal at Chelsea and, and City uh, over the Manchester years. City that was I mean I think the word's probably hatred you know I'm going to say it got personal um, so yeah. I, I understand I actually liked to see the, the level of animosity because I think you need that mm-hmm. in a championship race but one of the reasons why I really was, was interested in Juventus as well was because of the development of women's football in this country and the fact that Juventus were pushing that and leading that. I think Fiorentina, Fede, Fiorentina were, were before Juventus, so these are two big teams trying to push the game forward. Yeah. So, you know, when we played at the Alliance, 39,000 people, yes, it was a rivalry, but it was a win for everybody. Um, even Fiorentina players, they wrote about it in a way that made them recognise it was bigger than just the game. Mm-hmm. And I really, I really, that's why I came here. You know, I wanted to be part of a project that was helping to improve the game in Italy. Because it's an anomaly. If you, I mean, male football, female football is not identical, but it is anomalous that we were thinking about all the teams we've watched, Neil and I, uh, both club and internationally while women's football has been on our consciousness. So going a reasonable way back, Italy's never been part of that. No. The Scandinavians, well, the Dutch, the French, had, I mean, England, they, USA. Yeah. But even even the fact we're acknowledging that Milan is a new club for mm. women, that Juve, Fiorentina. So I, you're, uh, what you commented there about the need to help a development thing, yeah, yeah. That's, it's a really big thing in terms of not just Italian football, but European football. I mean, that there's been teams, I, I mean, Brescia, were a successful women's team in Italy and, and were somewhat successful in the Champions League. But their name is Brescia. People don't... It's not a global brand. No. So I think one of the things that's really helping women's football globally is the fact that these big brand names of clubs are now having successful women's teams. So people go, ah, of course, like, you know, I'll come to the game. I think that helps. But I, I think there has been past history from Italian teams, but now it's a whole new level when you've got Juventus, AC Milan, Inter Milan, Fiorentina, Roma, all with big women's programmes, it just lifts the the perception and the standard of, of, of the game. And it kind of feels it was meant because to complete the double, which is historically yeah, very significant amazing. here, it's, it's Juve Fiorentina. Yeah. And I suppose that, that triumph, uh, that lift moment, because you've had... You know, as you explained, and they don't teach this, you've had some brutal final day or cup final oh, moments. Yes. 
So to, uh, does it change? Does it feel sweeter when you take a risk, you make an adventure, you go abroad, and the final to complete the double is against your biggest rival? Honestly, I, I, I didn't come to Juventus with much expectation in terms of winning yeah. the, the trophies. I didn't want to put too much pressure on that. First for myself and just in general, I thought, okay, I just want to play and see how it goes. I think it helped that Juventus had already won the league the year before. So it was already a successful team that were hungry to do more. But from a personal point of view, honestly, I think if we didn't win the double, I still would have felt like I'd gained something from the experience. However, being able to look at a trophy and say in 2019, that's what I won when I was in Italy. That, I mean, that helps. So it was kind of, you know, it was, it was a bonus, really. And doing it in a way that showed that the Italian league was quite tight. Mm. There was games we lost and we had to win it on the last day. And all of those things make for a great, um, great experience and, and title race. We have so much to talk about that I have to naturally go back to the big theme, which is Aberdeen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I'm really glad that even in our first chat you get my stupid sense of humour. But Dennis Law is the only Scottish Ballon d'Or winner. He came to the city, to Torino. Wrong club, sorry for mentioning them. But him and Joe Baker didn't enjoy the experience. So I need to finalise this section by saying to you, you're allowed to have positive negative about life in Torino, life in Italy. Two things you really love, aside from the football. Two things that might take a little bit of getting used to. In terms of things I love, I think most Italian cities have um, a lot of history to them. So love that about every Italian city I've visited so far. And Turin's definitely fits into that. And there's something quite, there's something quite quaint about just little things like having to go to the market to, to get vegetables and fruit. You know, rather than going to one of the things I'd have picked about life in Spain. You like, you know fresh what I fruit, mean, like fish, just vegetables, just and it's, the like, stuff it's a communal experience too. Right, just like I, I live. Last year, I lived like two minutes from. Um, a huge market in, in Torino and I just used to love just the atmosphere of mm. walking past it. You know, smells and the smells the colours and as the well. culture and it was quite multicultural as well. In terms of things I don't like, I think the city is quite slow. So for example, if I wanna you know, one of the things I love doing in London is going for brunch with mates in central London or in Shoreditch or something. You can't really do that here because everything's closed between yeah. twelve and seven o'clock. Yeah. So there's a lot of idle time that I, I've had to kind of figure out how to fill. And uh, if anyone knows me well, I'm not an idle person at all. I'm not the person that's going to sit at home and play PlayStation. So that, that was difficult because there was a lot of lonely kind of down moments that you just think, oh, OK, well, if I'm not at the training ground, what, what am I doing? You know, I, I like to have a social life outside of the field. But again, I kind of expected that. Mm. And then I think just just in terms of like the multicultural nature of, again, like, yeah, London's my reference, and I, I try not to make too many comparisons, but I like what I like. Um, and just in terms of just the multiculturalism of Torino is not really there. Mm-hmm. Um, when I visited Milan, I could see it a bit more, people from different parts of the world and in Rome. But I don't really see, get that vibe from Turin. No. So that's been a little difficult because you've kind of always seen like you can't really bounce off other people that, you know, maybe from may may also be expats doing different things in the city. Mm. So when been, you moved, you, you were you were ready for differences. You you weren't naive in any sense. You knew. Yeah. But, but you know, by definition, when you change, things are different, and it's yeah. good for us, I think, 
to, to be tested in all kinds of ways. Yeah, I mean, I, I came here to play football. So once that, if that's going well, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm okay. But I just happen to be the person that likes to, you know, do different things and, you know, have different experiences in the city. And I just haven't really found that rhythm yet. Yeah. I'm still trying to find it. Like, just going to, like, live music nights or yeah, yeah. Um, different types of restaurants or, as I said, going to brunch at the middle of the day it's kind of difficult because everywhere's closed so there's a slower pace of the city that I'm not really quite used to undoubtedly it'll evolve and there'll be times if you keep winning trophies where you can't go around the city (laughs) Um, we're all any of us who've got an interest a a passion a growing interest in in women's football it's impossible not to be euphoric about what the summer brought it's it's the combination of many many years there have been many tournaments that from an English a women's football perspective have been interesting or inspirational before but it did feel as if um, everybody's anticipation that the profile of women's football that the quality that the coaching the degree of players who are now professional and that changes you whether you're a man or woman it changes everything you can achieve on the pitch now regularly you can hit peak levels but um, the audiences it's been an epiphany this yeah. summer has been I mean, genuinely oh, I euphoric know. and extraordinary you, you must feel deeply satisfied. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think the game is where we all dreamed it would be. Uh, it could be in, you know, when I was growing up, certainly. And as the semi-professional game started growing, we all dreamed that it could be where it is now. So I'm literally sort of seeing what I had conversations about 10 years ago, like, oh, if only we could fill out stadiums. If only, you know, broadcasters would put us on every week which Sky is now doing in Italy. You know, if only, I don't know, VAR could, you know, what, what happens in the men's game can happen in the women's game. And all of that's happening. And, and I think the World Cup um, demonstrated that. You know, view, some, it's certainly an appetite for women's football. I think that was always the excuse before, was that, oh, you know, people don't want to watch it. Well, a lot more people are watching World Cup then watch the men's World Cup so for example the, the England team which did so well and again came so close which is a story we've had to swallow <laughs> for a long time and also then you know the final and the semi-final the fact that Netherlands were popular yeah. the USA are a brand name in the UK yeah. we're talking about we're largely talking for the moment about the, the reception in the UK of the World Cup I guess but it's the it's the same the world well, over I've asked some of the players here like how they you know how they felt about sort of it's the you know Italy as a nation, how they received the women's team. Obviously, the men didn't quite, you know, play in 2018, so it was a huge opportunity for the women to kind of incite that national pride again, and they definitely did that. And I think Italy were, were pretty much underestimated. No one really knew, you know, the players or, you know, how good the league was, and, and so for them to get to the quarterfinal was a huge kind of statement for Italian women's football. And I think all the fans really engaged with the women's team. And that's the story, I think, for a lot of teams around the world. 25, I mean, I was working for Fox um, and doing American TV with them. On one of the nights, we did Brazil-France. I think, yeah, Brazil-France. 25 million people watched in Brazil. It's a fabulous audience. That's nuts. Like, you know, and in Brazil, they don't have a women's league. Mm -hmm. They don't, you know, notoriously, the, the federation's still kind of quite far behind. But 25 million people are tuning in.
I do hope you enjoyed that big interview, which was first released as an exclusive to our socios, our members who support us. If you'd like to get these interviews on the first day they're available, it's time for you to join us. To become a socio, and for only £2.99 per month, you'll get all our content entirely ad-free and ahead of its release on the main feed. Please go to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter to unlock our entire archive. By joining us, you will help support this independent podcast and we'll blow virtual kisses towards you. Thank you. Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out at the French Open for a chance to win a Grand Slam title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. See the action unfold as legends fight for glory and new rivalries emerge. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th, with match replays on demand so you never miss a moment. From the first serve to the final point, Roland Garros promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. This is Roundabout Season 2, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. <laughs> <laughs> you will be right Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> this was, like, wilderness. A lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. Like, you were real different, bro. I can't really put my finger on it. And so much more. Just goes to show that unexpected yeah. things sometimes are the best when it comes to a road trip. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now with new episodes rolling out every Thursday. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. <laughs>